And just so we're clear, this isn't a review. This is an analysis, just to clarify. This is the All Anal, All Anal, All Anal, All Anal podcast with your host, Sebastian Starr. Sebastian Starr. With your host, Sebastian Starr. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the All Anal podcast. I am your host, Sebastian Starr. And as some of you who may have been following me for a while already know, The Weeknd dropped his newest album, Don FM, yesterday. And of course, I have have half to talk about it and my biggest concern at this point is finding a starting point because I don't know if I want to do this the same way I did the after hours album where I run through every single song and just do a really quick brief analysis or do I just want to highlight my top favorites which is still you know over half the album I'm in love with you know what I mean but I don't really know where to start and then I have so many theories and predictions about where this chapter where this era is going to go I just don't know where to start so I guess the best place would be to start at the tippity top at the very beginning and as I've already said this isn't a review as much as it is an analysis but I will give you my two cents overall before I get started into the analysis on what I think overall, you know, about this album. So I guess you can say that's kind of the the theories that I have. So if you've been following The Weeknd's career from the beginning, like I have, even if you haven't, even if you just started listening to The Weeknd, you know, after Beauty Behind the Madness or wherever you kind of jumped in at, you'll pick up a pattern that he has in regards to his characters and his albums slash chapters slash eras, right? And I mentioned this a lot in the After Hours episodes, that he takes on the role of a specific character and then he plays that character throughout the time frame that his album is being, you know, promoted or launched or whatever the case may be. So for the After Hours era, the character was the the guy with the all black with the red blazer, big sunglasses, beat up face. You know, his situation always kind of went from bad to worse. There really isn't a name for any of these characters in any of his chapters or eras. They're just kind of the main character or the star of the show. So for this era, for this chapter, the Dawn, so to speak, or the Dawn FM, which I love the theme and aesthetic of the album and how different it is from the aesthetic of the chapter or the era. So this character is like fully decked out, all black, very clean cut, well-dressed, well-fitted form black suits with the overcoat, the leather overcoat. And I love the... Um, orange frame, not orange frame, but the orange lens sunglasses or just prescription glasses that his character wears. And it is just so aesthetically pleasing because it's so dark and mysterious and kind of not spooky or eerie like it was in the trilogy time, but rather this like sophisticated form of mystery. It's very mysterious and suave. You're curious on who this guy is, what role he's playing, et cetera, et cetera. I have a couple of different theories because he also dropped the Sacrifice music video yesterday, which is one of the songs from the album. And he actually used snippets from that music video in the teaser trailers of the album. And I was watching the teaser trailers over and over again. And I actually finally watched the Sacrifice video this morning. And not to dive too deep into the actual video, but just what I think 
my theories are for the upcoming chapter. So in the video, it, it picks up right where the Take My Breath video leaves off at. So at the end of the Take My Breath video, he's on the dance floor, you know, gasping for air. He just kind of got knocked out or whatever by the girl. And in this video, he he's right back on the floor, gasping for air, breathing. And then a couple of people in 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 hooded cloaks grab him and like drag him to like an unknown foreseen part of the nightclub. And he's strapped down onto this like like a torture chamber type something. And he's literally getting the soul sucked out of him by a cloaked figure in red. Now, with that, the video. It progresses. He starts to sing the song. And I'll dive into the lyrics a little bit later. He starts to sing. He's getting the soul sucked out of him. It gets like absorbed into this light beam that's hovering above him, which could, you know, metaphorically be represented from a lot of different things. It could be um, something in relations to ascending to the heavens. It could be something alien related. It could be something, you know, a bit more symbolic and demonic than that. I'm waiting to see the conspiracy theories of, oh, the weekend sold his soul to the devil. And that's why. Da, 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 da. First of all, we've already established this in the Beauty Behind the Madness era. If you were paying attention to the music videos that came out of that chapter, then those theories have already been you know, discussed amongst the masses. So we're not even finna backtrack to the he sold his soul conspiracy theory because we've already discussed that. It's already been introduced, so to speak. Not that I'm saying he did, but we've already had that conversation. So so the my theory is because the album artwork of Don FM is a much older version of himself. And in the teaser trailers, there were snippets of him, his young self, fighting his old man self, which is very hilarious to me because my fiance and I were listening to the album together yesterday and I showed him, well, he saw a glimpse of the artwork and he was like, this nigga needs to stop doing something. His face. And it's just like, I know. But so he's turned himself into an old man. So in the teaser trailer, when he gets his soul sucked out of him, he becomes this old man version of himself. And then at the end of the sacrifice video, he kind of goes back and forth between seeing himself as an old man and seeing himself as a young man. So what I'm thinking is going to happen progressing forward is that the next music video, which I don't know what it would be, because again, this is a 16 track album and sacrifice is the newest music video to come out of it but in a similar sense the way he was kind of putting on the cinematic masterpiece with after hours i'm convinced that there will be another you know chain of music videos that will all tie in to be like one big story being told which is another consistent theme that he has when it comes to his music videos which also leads me to believe that later on down the road, we will receive another video explaining who the old man version of him is and what the next scene is going to be, so to speak. So that's another pattern that he possesses is, yeah, his music and his albums are like their own separate piece from the music videos. The music videos all tie into themselves. Every single music video that he puts out for an album or for an era or for a chapter, they're all linked together. And they're all linked in the order that they come out. So like I said, the Take My Breath video was officially the first music video from this era, from this album. And then Sacrifice is the video that follows. And it picks up immediately where Take My Breath leaves off at. 
So if we're looking at the track list of the album, Sacrifice comes right after Take My Breath, which makes sense as far as the lineup of the music videos go. So with that, the next video that he would potentially have would be the video for Out of Time, which is another song that we're going to talk about. So that was really that was our quick little spiel on the music video theory or the the storyline theory, the the movie theory, the cinematic theory, if you will. Because again, like I said, the music videos and the track list are two completely different projects. You have the entire album, the entirety of the album with the music and the songs and the lyricism and all that. But then you have this separate window of cinematic visual presentation. You have the music videos that are telling their own story, you know, have, that usually have nothing to do with the song. Ironically, though, the sacrifice video did kind of sort of fit in with what the word sacrifice means. But if we look at the lyrics, it has nothing to do with it. And I just think that that's very, very clever of him to, to experiment with that in a way that not too many artists nowadays do because he has, like I said, a very strong cinematic influence. He's not just inspired by all of these freaky, dicky artists and musicians and bands and groups, but he's also inspired by directors, by producers, by actors, by films. He's a very avid film watcher, and that influences a lot of what he does in his music videos. And so seeing that visual representation of what's going on in his head is part of the artistry. It's part of the experience. It's part of why you're tuning in to listen. You're not just listening to an album. You're experiencing an entire cinematic masterpiece unravel and unfold over the course of a year. Because if we go back to After Hours, that entire experience took about a year and a half. He didn't put out any new music in 2021 because he was still riding the wave, so to speak, of After Hours. And when he finally closed out with that and started in on this new chapter, he was already in the process of transitioning into Dawn FM from After Hours. So you're really getting like the part two or, you know, whatever, the conclusion, the continuance, the sequel of his cinematic genius really, really working its magic and doing what he does best, which is creating cinematic masterpieces in addition to musical masterpieces. And not too many artists nowadays can do that. You are now tuned into the All In Podcast with Sebastian Stone. All right. So I think the best place to start would be at the beginning the tippity top of the threshold, if you will. And I want to, well, let me, before I get too ahead of myself, I want to be honest and confess my expectations for this album. I didn't really have any. And that's mainly because I was so crazy in love, obsessed, and I still am with After Hours. I still think that After Hours is the best album the best project, the best chapter, the best era, the best character that he has ever come up with. And I don't think he's going to do any better than that. Like that album was damn near perfect. Like I did the entire discography of that album rating every song on a scale of one to 10. And I got what, what was it? 9.6 or 9.8 for the overall satisfaction. Like it's damn near perfect to me. This is just my opinion. With that being said, however, I don't hate 
this album. I don't think that it was deplorable. I don't think that it was dissatisfactory. I don't think that it was just absolute trash, but I'm not crazy in love with it either. And it's like when you experience something for the first time that is just absolute greatness, it's like you can't get enough of it. And After Hours really put me back in that mindset of how I was feeling when I first heard The Weeknd for the very first time back in 2010, 2011. So... Of course, I'm not going to think that this album is going to be better than After Hours, but I want to say that it surprised me how much I actually enjoyed it from a musical standpoint because the overall feel of this album is very, very retro. It is very, very heavily influenced by 1970s, 1980s, like techno, disco, pop culture, which that's fine because... If you think about The Weeknd, like, he grew up in that time frame. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was late 70s, early 80s that this man was born into. That's like me being born in the 90s and being influenced still by 90s pop culture. So it makes sense that he's heavily influenced by 70s and 80s pop culture if he was born in the 80s. So I get it. I think my only like bugaboo about it and what I also think makes people very uncomfortable is because it's not his typical sound you're it's not something that you're used to hearing from the weekend you're used to hearing the dark and grungy spooky creepy eerie kind of sound with these overwhelmingly powerful lyrics that are toxic that are emotional that are romantic in some sense and overtly sexual in others they influence you know heavy drug use heavy alcohol abuse you know emotional manipulation sexual manipulation you know feelings of of wandering feelings of loneliness feelings of loss and, and heartache and pain so when you get this super high like velocity pump techno style sound from a guy who's usually used to making music that makes you feel sad all the time it can throw you off but again I was surprised by how much I actually enjoy and here's the thing I I collect like magazines and stuff like that and of course I have all the magazines that he's ever been featured in I got the GQ magazine which is the most recent one from last year that he spoke Every single song on this upcoming project is going to be dance. It's going to be stuff you want to dance to. And I didn't know what that meant when I read it in the magazine. But when I got the, when I downloaded the album, or when I was listening to the album, and I just caught myself, you know, kind of rocking back and forth. And that's the overall feel. It's all dance music. It's that techno pop disco sound that you heard a lot of believe it or not in Kissland and he also mentioned that if Kissland had not been created if it had not been released if we had not experienced that era of sound then Don FM would not exist Don FM in the weekend's words is what Kissland should have been and I just seen this morning that Don FM has actually surpassed After Hours with the number of streams in its release time. So it's it's doing well. 
obviously people are enjoying it. But again, this isn't a review. This is an analysis. The analysis that I interpret from this album is that people are not used to hearing this kind of sound come from The weekend. but that doesn't mean that it's terrible. It's not. He does not make terrible music. I've already said that, and I stick by that because the music is not terrible. The music is far from it. The music itself is actually very, very great. It's just coming from the weekend, it's off-putting. That's the reality. If this was anybody else, if this was any other, if this was a brand new up-and-coming artist coming into the scene for the first time and they wanted to experiment with this, you know, discotheca type of feel, wouldn't nobody bat an eye. Would nobody look at that funny? Wouldn't nobody think nothing of it? But because it's the weekend, it's weird. It's unusual. It's unsettling. No, it's not. There's nothing unsettling about it. The only thing that may unsettle people is that, like I said, we're used to hearing the dark and grungy, not the fast-paced and technical. And, and here's the other thing. The aesthetic of this album is not bright and colorful. It's not a beautiful album. It's not something that's like graceful and majestic and elegant. No, it's still very much toxic and abusive and all the raunchy shit that you like from The weekend. It's still there. And I'm going to explain and I'm going to give you prime example number one. So again, we were listening to the song in the car <laughs> yesterday. First time hearing it out the gate. And let me say really quick. Jim Carrey, the comedian Jim Carrey, the Toronto native Jim Carrey is the narrator of this kooky ass story. And he does a phenomenal job. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. When the teaser trailer dropped earlier this week and I heard his smooth, first of all, I saw his name and I said, Jim Carrey, what? Because I know that him and I know the weekend and Jim Carrey are friends in real life, but I didn't think that he would be like, hey, you want to do this album with me? And I didn't know what the contents of it was. But no, Jim Carrey is the narrator of the, the, st the story being told because the, the album is called Dawn FM and his line in the self-titled track. Don FM is like a radio announcer. So he says, you are now listening to 103.5 Don FM. You've been in the dark for way too long. It's time to walk into the light and accept your fate with open arms. Scared? Don't worry. We'll be there to hold your hand and guide you through this painless transition. But what's the rush? Just relax and enjoy another hour of commercial free, free yourself, music or 103.5 Don FM. My man is a whole radio announcer. And he has the smoothest and most like easygoing voice I have ever. And it's just like, wow, this makes me feel really, really good. <laughs> like, it's weird. But with that snippet, that very strange and odd snippet, led me to believe that this album, the album now, keep in mind that the album and the music videos are two separate things. The album is in regards to transitioning from being alive to being not alive anymore. And there's another track that supports this theory of mine. And it's actually called Every Angel is Terrifying, <laughs> which this was the music from the snippet or the, the trailer, the teaser trailer. And I love the music and I wish it was an actual song, but it's like a commercial. It's like a commercial for... 
a product that you hear either on the radio or that you watch on TV. And The Weeknd is actually saying this. So this is this and it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh out loud because like, bro, what in the fuck are you selling me? He says intense, graphic, sexy, euphoric, provocative, edgy, thought provoking, technically and visually stunning, a compelling work of science fiction, suspenseful, exposed, cinema like you've never seen it before, the exotic, bizarre and beautiful world of afterlife. And this is your invitation to enter. This is your invitation to enter afterlife. Come on, bro. Don't play with me. Critics say afterlife makes your current life look like a total comatose snooze fest. And I'm (laughs) a total comatose snooze fest. And the 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 way that he says it kind of reminds me of that Bill Hader skit from SNL. The city correspondent, Stefan, the way that he's talking in this little snippet right here sounds just like Bill Hader's Stefan from SNL. And it is the funniest shit on the goddamn planet to me. He said, it's action packed. The future of everyone's fate. The future of everyone's fate. Come on, bro. Nigel and friend call it a fucking classic. Arnold Fleming says, I can't keep my eyes off the screen. Afterlife can be yours for only $4.95 with a subscription when you order the best of your <laughs> when you order the best of your current life collection series, you will enter a world beyond your imagination, a future out of control, and experience you will never forget. Don't say we didn't warn you. Come on, bro. He's talking about dying. And then the number that is offered in the commercial, call 1-800-414-4444 now to order Afterlife, $4.95 plus $3.79 shipping and <laughs> I don't know why this makes me laugh so hard, but it is so fucking funny. But anyway, so my theory of the album is the transition from life to death basically and that little snippet of that little advertisement kind of gives that away but let's go back to the tippity top of the track list this song literally had my jaw dragging on the floor when I heard it because I was listening to what he was saying and it kind of sounds like I'm doing a lot of comparisons just for reference and I should have looked up the name of this song but if you've ever seen Napoleon Dynamite from like the early 2000s, that weird movie with the tall, lanky kid with the glasses and the Jufro. The song that plays at the very end of that movie where Napoleon and his girlfriend are playing the little ball on the string game. I can't tell you what it's called. It's like an old 70s song though. Like this song sounds exactly like that song. I want to say it's called I Promise. It's like a 1970s song. Uh, I'm not going to sing any lyrics because I don't want to get sued for copyright infringement, but you know what I'm talking about. So if you want to just look up I Promise, it's an old school 70s song. It sounds exactly like that. Like that's exactly what this song sounds like. But it's the lyrics that really had me just sitting like, what the fuck? So he says, it's 5 a.m. my time again. I've soaked up the moon, can't sleep. It's 5 a.m. my time again. I'm calling you. And you know it's me. I'm pushing myself further. I'm just trying to feel my heartbeat beat. 
I wrap my hands around your neck. And you love it when I always squeeze. I said, what the fuck did he just say? And then I kept listening. He said, it's 5 a.m. I'm high again. And you can see that I'm in pain. I've fallen into emptiness. I want you because we're both insane. I'm staring into the abyss. I'm looking at myself again. I doze off to REM, as in REM sleep. I'm trying not to lose my faith. That's a lot of references to being miserable, lonely, depressed, and just... It, it kind of pulls from the hills, from after hours, from faith on after hours, and even take my breath. So from the hills, it's that 5 a.m. my time again. You know, I only call you when it's half past five from the hills. Um, when he said, I wrap my hands around your neck. You love it when I always squeeze. That's literally take my breath because that's what the girl wants him to do to her and take my breath. And then he says, I'm dozing off to rim. I'm trying not to lose my faith. I've lost my faith, losing my religion every day as in faith from after hours. So it pulls from a lot of different venues. But again, that lyricism didn't go nowhere. Just because he sounds like he stepped right out of a 1970s disco flick does not mean this nigga is not as toxic as he was 11 years ago, okay? that And that's just the first song, mind you, which that song had me just, again, I was stuck in my seat. I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. And then How Do I Make You Love Me? A lot of these songs were produced by the Swedish House Mafia, it looks like, which is a big collaboration party thing for him. And I can appreciate that. But that's where a lot of that techno 90s feel sounds. Like Moth to a Flame. If you like Moth to a Flame, and I love Moth to a Flame. If you like Moth to a Flame, then you'll love this album. So Moth to a Flame is my shit, by the way. Like, I can't get enough of that. But anyway, the third song, technically the third track on the album is How Do I Make You Love Me? And I really, really appreciate the song musically. Like, it's got a nice little bop to it, you know. It's very much retro. This entire album is very, very retro. And I can appreciate that for the musical qualities that the retro era of music possesses. But again, it's the lyricism that I can really appreciate, especially coming from The weekend. So verse one of How Do I Make You Love Me, we're going back in time. I'd like to see you try Unpacking thoughts through tunnels in your mind. I'll fix you mushroom tea and cross the restless sea. Release yourself to escape reality. Pre-course. It doesn't phase you. I need a breakthrough. I only want what's right in front of me. It's quite unusual seeking approval, begging for it desperately. I said, course, how do I make you love me? How do I make you fall for me? How do I make you want me and make it last eternally? And then I just repeat, like, come on, bro. You're not going to sit here and tell me, regardless of what any of these fans are saying, because a lot of people are giving mixed reviews on the internet, and I didn't want to base my thoughts, my opinions, my analysis on other people's, you know, this is how I feel about this, because that doesn't matter to me. But you're not going to sit here and read these lyrics and really say that he fell off just because his music's a little bit different. Like, get the fuck so no you're not gonna say tell me that his he he fell off lyrically he never does he doesn't miss and like i said i will stand by this i will die on this hilltop he does not make terrible music and i won't try to fight me over that because i mean that and i said that let's move on to one of my favorite songs which oh my goodness they put the extended version of take my breath on here which i am gonna say this 
I love take my breath dearly, honestly, genuinely, and truthfully. I mean that. I love that song. But we do not need six and a half minutes of that damn song. The, literally the first two minutes is just music. It is just that, that wackety, wackety noise. Like, it's just two minutes of that. It's about a minute and 38 seconds of just music. He don't even start singing. He do, he do little shout outs of the, like, bro, we, that's unnecessary. We don't need six and a half minutes of take my breath. And then the end of it drags for forever. You, I only want to hear the chorus, the verses. The, come on, bro. We don't need six minutes and 38 seconds of take my breath. It's unnecessary. It is completely and totally unnecessary, and we do not need it. But I digress. We have already discussed Take My Breath. I've already did an analysis on that. We're going to go right into Sacrifice, which is a song plays immediately after. And I do love this song, and I'm going to tell you why. First verse, I was born in a city where the winter nights don't ever sleep. So this life's always with me. The ice inside my veins will never bleed. Verse two, every time you try to fix me, I know you'll never find that missing piece. When you cry and say you miss me, I lie and tell you that I'll never leave. And where did, where, P please, please be honest with me. Just look me in my face and tell me where exactly did he fall off? What exactly do you not like about this new album? I'm not being biased. If it was trash, I would tell you. If it was absolute hot garbage or cold slaw, whatever the fuck you want to say, if it was bad, I would let you know. If it was bad, I would be honest with you. If it was bad, I would say, don't even bother wasting your time, but it's not. It isn't bad. Y'all are just closed-minded as hell. There's nothing, where did he, he said, when you cry and say you miss me, I lie and tell you that I'll never leave. What does that, come on, bro. Come on, bro. And then we're going to get into the, the chorus and the pre-chorus. I sacrificed your love for more of the night. I tried to put up a fight. Can't tie me down. I don't want to sacrifice for your love. I try. I don't want to sacrifice but I love my time this nigga is toxic this nigga has been toxic since day one and that's never that's never ever changed and I don't think it ever will let's skip around a little bit I do want to talk about the song he did with Tyler Creator and this was a song that I was kind of disappointed in because I feel like whenever Tyler Creator is featured on someone else's songs he underperforms and I don't know why and I know I've been following Tyler the Creator for as long as I've been following the weekend. I, I got onto them at the exact same time. Tyler Creator is a huge fan of the weekend. So I'm pretty sure he was more than honored when he was like, hey, do you want to get on this new album with me? I don't see why anybody would be, you know, opposed to that. But for some reason, I just feel like listening to this song and hearing Tyler's verse, I felt very underwhelmed. Like he could have showed out just a little bit more. And I'm going to read his verse really, really quickly. And it's very, very short. He said, although this love is strong to me, sometimes can change go wrong with me. We don't know how it's going to be. Forever is too long for me. 
We don't need the government involved because we like to touch. We don't need no damn religion telling us that we're in love. If we did crush down the road, spending lawyers' fees up, pen and pads going to save my ass. If these feelings freeze up, you're going to sign this preen up. 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 Like, I get what he was saying, but I just felt like knowing how good, knowing how tremendously amazing Tyler the Creator is lyrically, he could have did so much better than this. Not that there was anything wrong with it. It just could have been bigger it could have been louder it could have been more you know what i'm saying assertive because tyler crater is when he's in something he is in it so i just felt like it was a bit of an underwhelming performance on his part but that's just how i feel about it that's just me again there's nothing wrong with the song the song with tyler creator is called here we go again very very good song i just felt like tyler creator's verse was a little underwhelming and i was a little sad about that now one of the top tracks of this album is one of my favorite songs. It's called Out of Time. This has some very, very, very good music to it, despite what people are talking about. And I think this is one of the more popular ones. This one and Less Than Zero, which I'll get to Less Than Zero in a second. But I like this one musically. I like where it takes me musically. And let's dive into these lyrics, shall we? He says, verse one, the last few months, I've been working on me. There's so much trauma in my life. I've been so cold to the ones who loved me. I look back now and I realize, pre-course, and I remember when I held you, you begged me with your drowning eyes to stay. And I regret I didn't tell you. Now I can't keep you from loving him. You made up your mind, chorus. Say I love you, but I'm out of time. Say I'm there for you, but I'm out of time. Say that I'll care for you, but I'm out of time. Said I'm too late to make you mine out of time. Now that's very, and again, that speaks to that loneliness, to that level of emptiness, that regret, that embarrassment, that shame, that pity. You know, we've gotten this before. And it's kind of being re-rotated. It kind of gives me save your tears vibes just a little bit, you know, because when he says save your tears, you look so happy when I'm not with you. But then you saw me caught you by surprise. A single teardrop falling from your eyes made you think that I would always stay. Said some things that I should never say. I broke your heart like someone did to mine. Now you won't love me for a second time. I'm out of time. I said that I love, you know what I mean? It, 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 it falls into that same feeling of dread and regret to me. And again, I love the music. I love the way the music feels. I love the way the song feels. Overall, it just feels good. Even though the lyrics are very, very sad. So if I were to do a comparison, I would compare Out of Time to Save Your Tears. That's just me though. That's just me. And then we move on to Best... Ooh, this song right <laughs> Best friends, when I say this nigga is toxic, he said, it starts with the chorus. He said, what we got, what we got is secure. Been part of toxic love, it tore us apart. Things you want, I'm not looking for. You're my best friend now. You're my best friend now. I don't want to be responsible for your heart if we fall, because I'll get clumsy and tear it apart. I love you so, but we can't get close. You're my best friend now. You're my best friend now. Oh, and let me tell you what this nigga said. <laughs> he said, where is it? I got to find it. Here it is. 
friends no more. Sex as friends no more. I don't want to have sex as friends no more. I don't want to have sex as friends no more. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? Like, imagine if a nigga came up to you singing this song so lovely and sweet. Are you breaking up with me? But you still, I'm, it's that, it's that cliche ass. We had a great run. It was a great time, but I can't keep seeing you like this. But we can still be friends though. What? What? You, no, we're not finna. <sighs> Toxic as hell. And when I say toxic, I mean toxic. Now, there's a there's another feature on this album he did with Lil Wayne. It's called I Heard You're Mary Now. This song actually surprised me. I didn't know that he was doing a song with Lil Wayne, but I also didn't think it was going to be any good. But I was surprisingly surprised to hear that it was actually pretty darn great. Verse one is the weekend. The way you hypnotized me, I could tell. You've been in control. You manifested this, but girl, I blame myself. Things I should have known, the whispers that I hear are blowing through my ears. These words I need to hear from you. And I know this is a fling, but you're hiding someone's ring. It hurts to think I'm sharing you. Run that. Wait a minute. Let's run that back real quick. He said... The way you hypnotized me, I could tell you've been in control. You manifested this, but girl, I blame myself. Things I should have known. The whispers that I hear are blowing through my ears. These words I need to hear from you. And I know this is a fling, but you're hiding someone's ring. It hurts to think I'm sharing you. Oh, M F G. You're not about to. Oh my God. Let's just. And I didn't even. I didn't even click on this lyrics to even look over the weekend's part. I was really going to look over Lil Wayne's part, but we gotta. Okay. So Lil Wayne says, "Can't be your side bitch. That shit ain't fly, bitch. Can't be your pilot. Can't be your private." Make me your obvious. If I ain't your husband, I can't be your hybrid. I heard you're married. I bet he treats you like the virgin Mary. You like it dirty and I'm dirty Harry. I thought we were some lovebirds, canaries, word to Larry. But I can't fuck with you. You put my love on the line, then I hang up on you. That's a long kiss goodbye, got a tongue kiss you. And when doves cry, we ain't got enough tissue. I'm still in love with you. Where's the love at? You walk down the aisle, I can make you run back. Like, fuck that. Where's the love at? And tell hubby I'm killing him, no hubcap. Now, it's very much Lil Wayne-esque with the metaphors and punchlines. He likes to dibble in there. He likes to do a lot of wordplay, a lot of sensory wordplay. And one thing specific about Lil Wayne when he does features is like someone gives him, this is what the song is about. This is what I'm going to say. Do you. Write whatever you feel. And and I don't want to go too off topic, but when Lil Wayne did Sucker for Pain for the Suicide Squad soundtrack, the original Suicide Squad soundtrack, everyone else on that track was talking about how Oh, I'm going to ride for the homies. I'm going to die for the team. This, that, and third. Lil Wayne was the only person on that song whose verse was about being a sucker for pain. 
everything in Lil Wayne's verse was about how much he loved pain, physical pain, how much he got off on it, and how much he couldn't get enough of it. Like he was an addict for it. So, so the weekend went up to Lil Wayne and said, This song is called I Heard You're Married Now. This is my verse. This is what I'm saying in the chorus. And then he just fed into that. Like, I don't use this phrase too much when, when someone says they understood the assignment. I am assuming they're talking about this nigga Lil Wayne because he doesn't degrade from whatever the topic of conversation is. Whatever the song is about, that's what my verse is going to be. That's what it is. And it makes perfect sense every time. It never fails. I don't see it. So I was, again, I was surprised. But I also shouldn't have been because it's Lil Wayne, you know. And then the last track of the album is Less Than Zero. Now, the music is cool. It's the lyricism, again, that kind of sold me on it. But again, it, it feels good. A lot of people are like, this is the best song on the album. I would argue that it's either Is There Someone Else or Out of Time. Those would be my top two for like hits. On this album, it would be Out of Time or Is There Someone Else? Less Than Zero is a cool little song, though. I'm not going to hold you. It's not terrible. Is it the best song? Probably not. Out of Time is, is definitely going number one. Like, I don't doubt that for a second. Out of Time is going to be up there with, like, blinding lights. Like, no question. But for Less Than Zero, he says, Remember I was your hero. I'd wear your heart like a symbol. I couldn't save you from my darkest truths of all I know. I've always been less than zero. You tried your best with me, I know. I couldn't face you with my darkest truths of all, of course, because I can't get it out of my head. No, I can't shake the feelings that crawls in my bed. I tried to hide it, but I know you know me. I tried to fight it, but I'd rather be free. That's, that's so sweet. <laughs> And what gets me about the weekend every time is in the midst of all of the toxicity and speaking of loneliness and being, you know, unhealthy and, and dangerous to fall in love with, there's always this undertone of, I just want to give myself to the right person. I want to let myself be free and free to love the right person. So, Maybe he's just saying that the people that he's getting involved with aren't the right people. And that's why he treats them like shit. Which, again, that's toxic as hell in the worst way possible. That is toxic as hell in the worst way possible. It just sounds really, really good when you sing it in a ballad. And then the final official track of the album is a poem by none other than Jim Carrey. And oh my goodness gracious. Uh, it just, it blows me. So he says, you're tuned in to Dawn FM, the middle of nowhere on your dial. So sit back and unpack. You may be here a while. Now that all future plans have been postponed and it's time to look back on things you thought you owned. Do you remember them well? Were you high or just stoned? And how many grudges did you take to your grave? When you weren't liked or followed, how did you behave? Was it often a dishonored chord you were strumming? Were you ever in tune with the song life was humming? If pain's living on when your body's long gone and your phantom regret hasn't let it go yet, you may not have died in the way that you must. 
All specters are haunted by their own lack of trust. When you're all out of time, there's nothing but space. No hunting, no gathering, no nations, no race. And heaven is closer than those tears on your face. When the purple rain falls, we're all bathed in its grace. <laughs> when the purple rain falls. I feel like that was a reference to Prince, but I'm not 100% sure. He continues, heaven's for those who let go of regret. And you have to wait here when you're not all there yet. But you could be there by the end of the song. Where the weekend's so good and he plays all week long. Bang a gong, get it on. If your broken heart's heavy when you stepped on the scale, you'll be lighter than air when they pull back the veil. Consider the flowers. They don't try to look right. They just open their petals and turn to the lights. Oh, that's that's beautiful. That's I would get that tattooed on me, for real. Consider the flowers. They don't try to look right. They just open their petals and turn to the lights. Are you listening real close? Heaven's not that. It's this. It's the depth of this moment we don't reach for bliss. God knows life is chaos, but he made one thing true. You got to unwind your mind, train your soul to align, and dance till you find that divine boogaloo. And I don't know what a boogaloo is, but it sounds real good. And then he finishes us off. In other words, you got to be heaven to see heaven. May peace be with you. Now that is a nice ass poem. And again, that little bit at the very very end it's not necessarily the transition because in the beginning it kind of toys with this ideology of transitioning from life to death but what Jim Carrey is saying at the end of this whole little ballad of his is like you can create heaven right here right now you don't have to die to get to heaven you don't have to die to reach that everlasting bliss that eternal sanctuary that safe place you can create it by being it for yourself while you're still here. Because while you're sitting here on earth, you know, tormenting and torturing yourself with what you think you should be doing, you could be doing what makes you the happiest, what makes you feel the most bliss, what makes you feel in tune to yourself and yourself only because nobody else is going to be able to take that away from you. Your life can end in a second. And then you're left with nothing or what you think you're supposed to be waiting for, which is this eternal salvation when you can be creating your own salvation right here, right now, while you're still alive. And then that's the end of the album, man. Like it just so overall, this album is taking a very different turn. It is chaotic in some places, smooth and solemn in other places. Overall, the messages can be misconstrued. It doesn't stray any further than The Weeknd has ever strayed lyrically. The music is very, very different. And if you're not into pop, if you're not into techno, if you're not into disco shit, then you're probably not going to like it. And that's fine. But one thing that you cannot deny is that his lyricism has never declined. It does not fall. It does not fall from grace. It does not fade away. It does not disappear. It is there. It is strong. It is vivid. It is loud. You just got to dive into it. And then the overall message from Jim Carrey's character, the narrator in this twisted ass little story, is to create your own blissful version of heaven while you're still here. Enjoy as much of life while you can because you have no idea what's going to be waiting for you on the other side. And that's and that's that's as good as it gets, man. That was the Dawn or Dawn FM. Again, that just dropped yesterday, January 7th. 
fantastic art piece. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of these videos play out. But that was my time for today. Thank you so, so much for tuning in, for listening. As always, I always, always appreciate it. And until next time, I will speak to you all later. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the All Anal, All Anal, All Anal podcast with your host, Sebastian Starr.